everyone. Welcome back to Oh My Pod. I'm Chelsea Rife, hoping to bring you some light on topics that you might not know about, you've always wondered about, you just question how does that even work. On today's episode, we dive into 3-Day Rule, which is a matchmaking service in a handful of cities in the U.S. I sit down with two matchmakers from Chicago to chat about matchmaking, specifically how their service works, what makes people a good match, and things that they look for when trying to find that perfect match for their client. We even get deep into the five love languages and how two alpha partners might not work together. It gets pretty interesting. I think I could talk about this for hours as I think the complexities of two humans working together to be lifelong partners is fascinating. But before we dive in, I'd appreciate if you took five seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe. Apparently, Apple has made this pretty difficult to do, but I gave a little tutorial last week on how to. You basically just scroll down under all of my episodes when you click on my podcast, and you'll see the whole rate and review section there. The subscribe button is at the top of my logo, right next to it, and this ensures every time that I release a new episode, it's right there in your feed. To connect with me directly, whether that's questions, advice, suggestions, you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Chelsea Rife, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-R-I-F-F-E. Right now, I'm working on a few things like a website and email directly for the podcast because I'd love to hear directly from you. So again, any topics that you're curious about, you have questions on, anything, send them to me. The whole point of this podcast is to open the door to conversations on things that we don't know about, are curious about, and again, generally wondered, I just want to know how that actually works. The whole goal is to help this grow and add value for all my listeners. Now, with all that being said, I'm sure you're eager to hear from the ladies at 3-Day Rule like I was in the world of matchmaking. So let's jump in. Okay, ladies, this is exactly what I've been needing is a matchmaking service. I am a hopeless romantic. My love life is on absolute zero right now. I feel like my friends could relate. So could you guys tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Brittany, and I'm a matchmaker for 3-Day Rule here in Chicago. And I'm Michaela. I'm Brittany's matchmaking counterpart here in Chicago as well. We work for a company called Three Day Rule. And how did you guys end up as matchmakers? I feel like that's such an interesting career. So um, it's funny because I feel like we both came from different paths. Um, I used to be in social work, so I always knew I wanted to work with people, help people. Um, and I actually stumbled upon this matchmaking career because one of my best friends was actually set up through Three Day Rule. Um, and we were out to dinner and she was telling me about how she went on a date with this great guy and that she was set up from a matchmaker. And the second that I knew that this position existed, I knew that I wanted to have it. That's so awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I came from a background in the weddings world. So I was used to working with couples kind of on the other side of the fence where they've already found love and planning their wedding. Um, but it still obviously is kind of a stressful process, but in a little bit of a different way. Um, and I came across the job posting for this because I was helping a friend look into matchmaking services. And I was like, there's got to be something better than the dating apps and, you know, trying to meet through friends of friends when you've already met the same people. And I was like, there's got to be like a modern matchmaking company out there. And so I started doing research and I came across this company. And same as Brittany, as soon as I saw it, I realized I had to have the job. It's so awesome. And here you guys are. I feel like everyone knows about matchmaking through... Million Dollar Matchmaker, Patty Sanger. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you guys might hear that all the time. Do you guys ever, do people ever come to you with that Patty mindset? And then what is your mindset with at Three Day Rule? Absolutely. There, so full disclosure, I have never seen an episode of Millionaire Matchmaker. Okay. <laughs> um, but I do have people all the time in my interviews ask me, oh, you know, are you going to ask me this question? Because Patty, the matchmaker, asks this question mm -hmm. on her show. Um, and just from my understanding, it has seemed to me as though she's not very nice. Oh, she's very <laughs> yeah, blunt she's and direct. super aggressive. She can be a bit stern with her clients. And I feel like with TDR, we try to become more friends with our clients and develop really strong, meaningful relationships as opposed to kind of just always telling them what they're doing wrong. We're mm -hmm. trying to help them see, okay, this is what you're doing right, but this is also ways in which you could improve rather than feeding them down all the time. Right. That makes sense. I feel like she does kind of do almost like a casting call. 
I'm sure yeah. it would be like, uh, no, blonde, bleach blondes, ew, my client won't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you guys don't do that at three-day rule. No, no, okay. absolutely not. That would probably make our jobs easier, but that would not be beneficial for the matches or the clients, and it's just mean-spirited, so we would never do something like that. Um, yeah, there's no type of casting call and us, like, ripping people apart. It's it's nothing like that. Okay, so on the record, everyone, it's much different at three-day rule. <laughs> so can you guys actually walk us through that process of what it's like to be a member of three-day rule? Yeah, definitely. So we do have two different sides of our service. Um, we have a free online database option and then a proactive side to our service as well where we actually take on paying clients. Um, we do meet each person face-to-face, so whether you're in the free online database or whether you're a proactive client, we'll meet you, learn about you, what you're looking for in a partner. And really the difference between the two sides of our services are, one, is you're taking a chance, you're entering into our free online database, we can only match you with our paying clients. So each matchmaker only takes on um, a handful of clients at a time. So it'd have to be one of those clients that fits everything you're looking for in a partner, you fit what they're looking for in a partner, then we could match you. But it's never really a guarantee. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. With our proactive side, we take on clients, and it's our full-time job to be your personal matchmaker. So we're meeting people face-to-face for you, we're doing the vetting process, and we're guaranteeing you that we're going to send over quality matches that fit what you're looking for in a partner. Something that I read on your website that made me think of matchmaking in a different way is that you guys essentially go on bad dates for other people. You're weeding them out up front. We do. I mean, a <laughs> lot of the questions that we ask are kind of hard, harder-hitting questions than what you'd be able to ask on a first date. You know, you can ask someone, you know, do you want to have kids? What was your family background? Um, are your parents still married? You know, what are your political beliefs? How does that translate into what you're looking for in a partner? Um, and a lot of those things come down to what people's values are and what their deal breakers are. And it's hard to figure those out from like an online profile or if you ask them on a date, it seems really aggressive and upfront. And, you know, people complain. It's like that interview style hating that mm-hmm. people are dating um, that, that people, people don't like. Yeah, that people hate. <laughs> So we basically do that on behalf of all of our clients, and we won't send a match their way unless it's a good fit. I mean, we can meet from, like, what? It's like 10 to 15 potential matches sometimes before we even have an official match for our clients. So, yeah, it's a lot of meetings. Like, our whole job is meeting people. Yeah, a lot of qualifying people and getting the bad apples out of there. (laughs) Yeah. it seems like. How do you guys book for partners um, for the like the proactive side, when you're saying you're going out and meeting people, how does that work? Like, how are you finding those people? So we already have a database with thousands of members that are hearing about us through friends or maybe like a Facebook or Instagram ad, and they're signing up online because they're interested in the service. So as I mentioned before, we do meet each person, do an interview with them, learn about them, what they're looking for in a partner. So I would say if someone signs up, we meet them that way, and they're a good fit for our clients. That's the most common. Okay. Um, situation, but we could also, I mean, she and I are going out to three networking events a month. We're like always attending happy hours and just different things that are going on in the city. We're constantly recruiting and picking up eligible singles everywhere we're going. So like one of my clients is currently dating someone I met at a happy hour. Another one of our clients met their match from a guy she met at the dog park. So it's, it's really anywhere and everywhere. We're kind of always on guard. If we see someone that's a good fit for our client, we're completely shameless to go up and approach them and ask if they're single. That's awesome. I think that'd be actually a really fun job. I'm like looking into TDR right now. <laughs> it seems so fun. Um, let's pretend I'm a client and you just went through some main questions that to exactly your point are interview questions. And I feel like that's the hardest part about dating because you're trying to keep it light and fun and playful. But at the same time, like you don't want to waste five dates going on with someone and realize, Oh man, we totally. believe in the totally, totally opposite viewpoints. So, what are some things outside of the questions you ask that you try to weed in? Excuse me, weed out more, um, or just keep it light and playful so that the person isn't like, "Whoa, I feel attacked right now." Like, I don't know what type of questions. I wasn't prepared for this. If you, if you will. I mean, I think our demeanor is definitely helpful. You know, it 
again, it's not, you know, millionaire matchmaker style where we're going there kind of just barking questions. You know, Mm -hmm. we really try and get to know everyone and we want everyone to feel comfortable and feel comfortable sharing things with us. Um, So I think it's just kind of the initial way we approach the meeting. You know, we let people know that they can ask us questions at any time. You know, we're an open book as well. Sometimes people will do that to feel more comfortable. They'll kind of like turn the questions around Mm -hmm. just to kind of have more of like a regular conversation. So that's kind of how we do it. What is your typical client base? Like, for example, I feel like I'm getting later in my 20s. I'm getting a little more serious about dating. But I imagine there's probably older people, too, that are like, I don't want to go on the dating apps. I'm divorced or I've just given up. It's so much work. Who are your typical clients? So my the youngest client I've ever had has been 28. The oldest client I've ever had has been 75. And that's just... Me personally, I know that other matchmakers within the company, which there's about 30 of us, have worked with people that are younger than that and much older than that. Um, so it, it's very wide ranging. I would say our our bread and butter are like 35 to 60, either people that are just now coming up in their 30s and they want to get married and they want to have a family and they're becoming more serious about it, or maybe people that are you know, a couple years older, the next generation, and they've been divorced or widowed and they've already found that love, but for whatever reason it didn't work out and they're wanting to find that again. Do you guys find that you treat clients that are different ages differently? And what I mean by that is I'm thinking of the apps like Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. People are sick of them. People are over the swiping mentality, but I imagine someone that's 75 doesn't come in with that issue. What questions are you asking these different age groups? if at all any. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, there's deal breakers that are important to you and values that are important to you. So, you know, we do kind of ask the general same range of questions. Um, But I mean, we definitely notice a pattern. It's different working with different age groups. You know, when you're working with someone who's older and didn't grow up in, you know, the dating app age, you know, what they're looking for is a little bit different than, you know, sometimes we it can be different working with someone kind of in the dating app generation because people are so focused on, you know, there's so many options and then you pay, you pick based off pictures mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of intangible things like hobbies or interests. And so it's, it's a totally different mindset. So we do have to adjust to that based on who we're working for. But in general, you know, we really just try and be authentic and get to know our clients for who they are and just kind of base our behavior on that. Absolutely. You brought up a good word, deal breaker. I feel like everyone has their red flags and deal breakers, which is so funny because I just talked about this last week with someone, and it really makes you think like, wait, is that a red flag or is that an actual deal breaker? What if someone comes to you and they're so, so picky, like they wear sneakers every time they go out, deal breaker. How do you deal with those really, really picky people? Well, what we'll do sometimes is like you can have three must-haves, ten nice-to-haves, and three deal breakers. So we try and have people categorize it that way. Um, and that can usually be really helpful for people to kind of split up, you know, what's most important and what's not. But I mean, realistically, in the dating world, you can't have 15 deal breakers, mm-hmm. you know, and something like someone who is violent or has a really extreme temper, that doesn't have to count as a deal breaker. Like, of course, that's a deal breaker for everyone. Right. But you have to pick like, what's most important to you and a deal breaker to you. What if everything lines up perfectly, but there's one kind of deal breaker? And what I mean, I'm thinking of like smoking. Like, so let's say the person hits all the check boxes, you think they're a perfect fit, but you're like, oh, our client just hates smokers and this person smokes. Would you run that by the client? Or would you just be like, hmm? So I've actually been placed in a situation like that before. And I will first start off by saying that smoking is usually the number one deal breaker. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Followed by Trump supporter yeah. being <laughs> number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are in Chicago. Right. But um, I had a client. I found a match for her. It wasn't in his notes. He had met with a matchmaker before me, and it wasn't in his notes that he was a smoker. Um, but he checked all of the boxes in terms of what she was looking for. And he and I met and we went over everything and he was so great and at the end of the interview I found out that he did smoke occasionally it wasn't like a regular thing but I knew that was such a big deal for her so I did reach out to her and I said he has an occasional cigarette it's not like a regular habit um, but I know that this is really important for you so I did want to tell you like these are the reasons why I selected him as a match Mm -hmm. but this is happening and she did decide to be open-minded and go out with him 
And so we do leave it up to the person. Like, if I find a guy that checks his, checks boxes X, Y, Z, but he has this one thing that maybe we've discussed that doesn't exactly fit your preferences, we'll discuss that with our clients and say, like, this is why I've selected him. This is mm-hmm. maybe the one thing I'm a little iffy about. It's your choice. You get to choose. I like that, that it is not so black and white and it is up to the person because I don't think everything is black and white. There's a lot of nuances and relationships and gray areas, so it is important to not be like, oh, absolutely not a fit because you wear gym shorts out to the bar, Mm -hmm. which for me is a no-no. But (laughs) I've dated people like that. Um, I also had a question on if someone comes to you and they say, yeah, I'm so serious, I want to settle down, I'm ready to have a family, and they're showing opposite behavior, like they're going on one date and they're just not really committed to the process and they're like, uh, I don't like her, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Or at that point, are you like, okay, I'm not sure this client's as serious, let's kind of like put them down our list of priorities or are you like, hey, when you're maybe a little more serious, come to us. Has that happened yet? I mean, I do think all the people that are working with us on the proactive side are serious about dating and serious about giving this a chance. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes it's our job to help people really figure out what is a real priority and what is kind of a perceived priority and what do those priorities and values really mean to you? How does that translate into how you envision yourself being in a relationship and giving in a relationship? Um, So a lot of times it is kind of, you know, especially with dating apps, people are just used to having kind of this checklist of all these things they want, but it really comes down to, you know, how important is that to you? How successful is that actually going to be Mm -hmm. in a long-term relationship? So kind of helping people realize through trial and error, after all our clients go on dates, we get post-date feedback from the match and from our clients. Um, So that provides really helpful insight too into you know our clients dating behaviors and also you know what they liked and what they didn't like with people who we've already met in person on their behalf so it's much easier for us to kind of like start to understand the process and build upon that makes sense I want to know where the name three-day rule came from okay so have you seen the movie swingers with Vince Vaughn no I haven't Okay, I, like, hadn't seen it either, um, but I've seen it since. So there's this scene in the movie where one of the guys went out with a girl, and he really liked her, and he thought that he had to wait three days to call her because he didn't want to look too eager. Mm -hmm. Um, And he ends up really liking her and calling her anyways, and it ends up going well. Um, So really, it's kind of an ironic pop culture reference that there really are no rules in dating. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to just go with your heart, and playing games is never going to work out in the long run. Oh my gosh, I love that. I thought you were going to say because there are hard and fast rules, which was going to segue into my next question of like, do you guys have rules around, you know, don't sleep with him after the second date. Make sure that you call her right after the first date. Like what advice are you giving these clients after they go on one date? I think it's different for each client. Like if you're working with a client that has maybe had a lot of issues of, okay, this isn't really working out for me because I go out with a guy and maybe I move too fast and then he disappears, like then that would be advice that I would give to maybe that client. Um, But every client that comes to us and that we work with is different and we do learn about people's relationship history. So what hasn't worked in your past relationships, maybe what has worked and we get to learn a little bit more about their behaviors and relationships as well. And once we're able to pick up on that, then we can kind of give advice based on what that person needs most. That makes sense. And I think sometimes two people get caught up like we're talking about this checklist, but I like that you guys don't focus just on like, oh, job and height and style. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's get a little deeper. Like maybe this pattern hasn't worked out for you. Maybe you need to try something different so we can get to that end goal. Absolutely. Um, The biggest part of our job, I would say, is getting people to kind of stretch themselves outside of their comfort zone. And a lot of people come to us saying like, well, this is my type and this is what I've dated. Yet they just told me five minutes ago that it never worked out with that type. Mm-hmm. So we're getting people to understand that like, okay, just because this is your type, it hasn't worked out with that person. So it's time to maybe stretch yourself out of your comfort zone, date someone that you wouldn't really expect to have dated in the past, but just because he checks all of these other boxes and maybe he doesn't look the exact way you would have envisioned your partner to look, like give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Go out on the date. You're not going to know if anything's there until you meet the person. Like, chemistry is chemistry. Yeah, and I imagine people might come to you with, like, I'm just thinking of girls my age, like, I want to date an athlete. I really, like, especially we're in Chicago, like, but you're like, but has that worked out? Like, what is it about an athlete just outside of that he's an athlete? (laughs) Like, let's get a little deeper if we want something long-lasting. Absolutely. After the first date, 
do you guys make it a point to check in or do you kind of leave that up to your client and say, hey, let us know how it goes. If you want us to keep looking, we will. We we do absolutely check in after each date. So I mark it in my calendar. <laughs> I know when my clients are going out on a date, I like to send like a have fun tonight just as a reminder, like, hey, I'm here. I know that you're going on a date. I'm thinking about you. And then I'll follow up the next day with my client and also the match that I've sent them out with to get feedback from the both of them. Um, and then we do also report that feedback as well. So it can be sometimes positive. It can be negative. Um, either way, we take it as a learning experience. Maybe it's a way for someone to improve how they're acting when they're mm-hmm. out on a date. And sometimes if they get the same... Well, sometimes like we can notice patterns in people's post-date feedback. So as they go out with more than one person, if I start to notice that, you know, each girl that this guy goes out with is kind of saying the same thing, then I can identify that and, you know, work with my client to help them realize like, you know, I think it's really cool that you brought this up, but kind of in the way that you did it, it made them feel like you didn't really want to be on the date with them Mm -hmm. and they were like oh my gosh I had no idea that that's how it was coming across I was just trying to you know share that I might be getting a new job in another city and I was like but every like now three people have perceived that as you you trying to kind of blow them off in the middle of the date Mm, that's really interesting I didn't think that that the other person might need to look inward as well (laughs) yeah I mean like in the world of like ghosting like wouldn't everyone like love to know why some people just like never talk to you again right you know we are actually able to kind of figure that out and people are really honest with us like our matches and our clients and so it's helpful yeah absolutely I feel like that's the only way to actually get what you want I imagine again that people fluff up it's kind of like when you take those surveys and you know what the end question is like the personality (laughs) test do you find that people like change their answers to get what they want oh yeah definitely Definitely. And how do you, like, navigate that? Do you, I guess, are you looking at that post feedback and being like, mm, that's not what we talked about. Why is this on the survey or the intake questions that we went over? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, there's two sides to every story. Like, yeah. Sometimes you'll hear one thing from one person or you'll hear, like, one thing from, you know, a match and then you hear it from the client and it's, like, totally different. So sometimes the truth is somewhere in between, but a lot of the times, you know, stories do match up, but there are those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking of just, like, general self-awareness is probably something you need in this industry like especially if you're going in to get set up you probably need to do a deep dive of yourself and not just be like oh I just want to meet someone it's like whoa what's like my dating behavior and how do I act on dates like am I getting hammered and just like asking going straight for like who's your ex and where do they live or am I asking the right questions I want to talk about the questions again because that's so interesting to me let's say you guys are done vetting the people people are on like you know, first, maybe second, third date, do you guys give them like a list of questions to make sure that they're asking these qualifying partner questions? Or are you kind of just like, let us know how it goes? No, we don't give any advice to our clients as far as like, this is what you should be talking about on a date, or even like, this is what you should be doing for the first or second or third date. Um, A lot of times clients will come to me like, do you have any advice for like a first date night spot? Or like, now we've gone out to dinner, do you have any ideas as far as like activities we Mm -hmm. can do? I kind of want to spice it up this time. And I'll offer that sort of advice. But as far as letting two people meet one another, make the plans with one another and have that authentic conversation with one another we don't step in with that so I think it's an important part for two adults to learn a thing or two about one another to be like okay what do you want to do tonight what kind Mm -hmm. of food do you like what's your what's your favorite restaurant that already in itself starts a conversation yeah you're teaching people to become a little more independent to really Mm -hmm. like I think people get especially with a matchmaking service I think people would probably get in that dependent mentality of like well I paid you to do it you have to do it for me it's like we're just helping you get there. We're not going like, right. to do it for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like our clients and our matches, like they're all like responsible, professional adults. And, you know, if we kind of intervened on, you know, where you're going to go and where you're going to meet, uh, we don't do any blind matching. So like both the client and the match will have seen a photo and bio of the person they're meeting with. So there's none of that kind of like, oh, I'm the guy in the blue shirt at the bar. Mm-hmm. So that kind of the fact that it's not any type of blind matching on either side enables people to kind of just pick and do what they want to do. That's nice. We talked a little bit about the number one things that are deal breakers. What are maybe two or three things that people come to you looking for the most in a matchmaking service? Just finding love? Is it finding a wife or having a family? Just genuinely wanting to be in a relationship? 
say like finding people that are the one I hear the most. Um, I'm interested to hear what your answer is too, but would be finding people that are emotionally available. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people that we meet with, you know, have had potentially good relationships, but it just ends up being for one reason or another, you know, bad timing or, you know, an ex gets involved or something. So I think really like I, what people are looking for the most is someone who is just also looking for a serious relationship, not looking to just kind of like hook up and, you know, have one night stands and is ready to actually be in that relationship and doesn't have, you know, something else that's kind of taking priority in their life right now, you know, whether it's something that is their job or something going on in their family, you know, people who are just really ready to move forward and be able to take the next step and have the potential for a serious relationship. I would agree with Michaela. I would say that is the number one thing. And it is it is different for each person that you meet, too. Like, some people come to us and they know that they want to get married and have children. And then other people that I mentioned, maybe they've already been married before. And this will be then, you know, their second marriage. And so they're not really interested in the marriage aspect. They just mm-hmm. want a long-term partner and kind of a friend to journey through the rest of their life with. But I would say the common theme for everyone that we're meeting is just wanting to find that serious connection. Someone that's going to be in it with them long-term, no matter what. Absolutely. I almost wanted to like scream amen when you said emotionally available because that is <laughs> the biggest problem, at least with my generation. It's like, are we doing this or not? Because it's like we have things to do. We're busy. Like, I don't want to waste my time. And then you find out, oh, they ghosted and they're not an emotionally mature or available person. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you guys vet people coming into TDR? Like, are there any things that that would flag you to be like, mm, we can't take on this client? Or do you take on everyone as long as they're trying to find a partner? No, we can decide who we want to take on as a client. Um, you know, typically we really enjoy everyone that we meet with. Um, and, you know, we're open to working with everyone. But, you know, if we feel like just for personality reasons or, you know, maybe what they're looking for is, you know, not super realistic, um, then... You know, we really need to work with people who are open to the process and open to trusting us. And some people are just, you know, at a point in their life where they're not quite there yet. Um, So, you know, maybe in that case, it's not a great fit. But, I mean, I've never turned down someone that wanted to work with us. You know, I say generally all the people that we meet with and even matches who meet with us are, you know, really great, successful people who are just looking to find love. Yeah. I think it's important to note that our success as a company and even as personal matchmakers, our success is our client's success. Mm -hmm. It's our match's success. Like, we want to find you the right person as well. And so, as Michaela was mentioning, if if someone comes to us and they have these unrealistic expectations and they're not a very open-minded person as far as what they're looking for in a partner, um, it's in those circumstances where we might say, okay, like, come back and Mm -hmm. see me again if you kind of develop a more open-minded view in terms of what you're looking for but those would be the those would be the times where we know we can't absolutely guarantee what they're looking for so we wouldn't promise or guarantee someone that we that we could yeah I like that you said open to the process because I imagine some people come in very defensive because it's like it's like getting feedback at work like you don't want to hear you're bad at something but sometimes to your point like you keep saying the same wrong not wrong thing but something that keeps turning someone off and so I'd be like no I'm not like great that day went so well like how do you deal with those instances where people might get really defensive I mean it's hard you know I mean that can happen sometimes you know I think generally people who are in this process you know especially on the client side are open and invested to kind of hearing feedback but you know no one ever in a work situation or you know a matchmaking situation you know it can be hard to kind of give a little bit of constructive criticism but Mm -hmm. I think you know what helps us is we know that at the end of the day you know this is truly helping someone and they will grow from this you know however it's received in the moment Um, it will make them a better person and a better dater in the long run so that's what kind of can push Mm -hmm. us to do it and I think you know even after sometimes if there's a tricky conversation like that you know people always will end up coming back to us being like you know what like I thought about it thank you that was so helpful Mm -hmm. I know right when you called me it kind of caught me off guard and I might have been a little bit upset but you're so right and I'm so thankful that I have you because I never would have known that or ever thought that about myself yeah I think it's probably the least favorite part of my job calling someone when they've thought they've gone on this great date and they really connected with someone and then it's time for me to give the feedback and say okay well unfortunately yeah (laughs) 
the other person didn't feel the same way and these are the reasons why it it's not fun to have that conversation um but it's also kind of a blessing to have a matchmaker there to tell you these are the things this person mentioned and as she was speaking about before like there are patterns and so when that conversation is coming up on a regular basis while that person might not want to hear about it right then and there, they do learn from it. Mm -hmm. And this entire process is a learning process. It's learning about what you're looking for in a partner. It's learning about how you can put your best self out there when you're out on dates. Um, It's learning about stepping outside and not dating your typical type. Mm -hmm. Um, You can take a lot away from it. And so while it might not be the most fun part of our job, it is a huge step of the process. It's necessary with anything, though. It's like working out if you keep doing the wrong workout or like form you're never gonna get results if you keep doing the wrong thing at work you're never gonna get promoted so it's like if you keep doing the wrong thing with dating you're probably never gonna find that long-lasting relationship so mm-hmm. everyone don't take it personally that's what I've learned with everything in life um, yeah. but what makes someone a match for your client because we're talking about you know values and things they're looking for but is it like five things is it chemistry is it just you're like this is the guy I know this is it like what actually goes off in your mind that like that you're that you say this is a match for my client it's a combination I'd say like a lot of it is you know we are looking for like certain checkpoints of things that we do you know need people to hit you know sometimes people you know need to have the same political values and you know some of our clients aren't open to dating someone who's been divorced um so, you know, there are, there are certain kind of tangible things like that, but it also is a lot of intuition, um, just kind of being able to read people's, this sounds like weird, but like read people's kind of energies and personalities <laughs> and trying to figure out like if it's going to be a good match. And like that's how like my most successful matches have been made. You know, yes, they kind of check these like little boxes, but really it's just been I'll be sitting down with someone and I just have this sense that, you know, this person is, like, such a good match for so-and-so, and then I match them, and they're still dating. That's so awesome. I was going to ask, what are some of the best love stories that you guys have gotten from matchmaking? And both, I want to hear both of your personal experiences. Um, well, as I mentioned, there's 30 matchmakers in the company. So every Monday, we're hopping on a team call, and all 30 of us are sharing our success stories. And it seems like every single week, there's a new matchmaker talking about, like, oh, my client got engaged or now we found out they're in a committed relationship and it's really good yeah or a tdr baby we call Mm -hmm. them our our mascots um (laughs) uh, and actually two of our matchmakers in the company were former clients Mm. that went on to marry their match and they now work for three-day rule and they're more than happy to get on the phone and tell people about their experience their positive experience um and so it's it's nice to have this community of women that are helping people from all parts of the country find these successful relationships I would say as far as like one of my favorite stories and like where I found a match and they're now successfully together in a relationship is um, at a happy hour. (laughs) A guy walked in, he fit exactly what, as far as physical attraction goes, what my client was looking for. I knew nothing about him, but it comes to just being that shameless person to go up to someone and say, are you single? I'm a matchmaker. I want to learn more about you and I would love to match you with my client if it's a good fit. Um, and it turns out a month later he contacted me and I got coffee with him and just personality wise and in terms of what she was looking for he really checked all of the boxes and they've been dating for almost a year now. Oh my gosh I love that. (laughs) I love these love stories. I could hear about them all day. Do you have any? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I'm trying to, like, think of which ones are not, like, giving away too many specific details. <laughs> yeah, um, that's we true. Actually, <laughs> we matched one of my clients with one of her former clients, and they've been, they've been dating now. Many families. Yeah. They're going on a vacation oh coming gosh. up soon. So we're, like, really excited because it's, like, a team, yeah. a team win for the two of us. So um, we've been, like, really excited, like, following along with that relationship. Um I guess another one of my favorites is, you know, one of my clients, he's a doctor, he's in his late 40s, really, really great guy, um, you know, just focused on his career, was just really looking to find love, and he isn't what you typically think of as a doctor, you know, he does kind of, like, have an artsy side, and he just is a super, like, positive personality, like, I really, really love working with him, and I was meeting with someone, not even as a potential match for him, I was just kind of meeting with her, um, you know, I just reached out to meet with people in the database, and I was meeting with her and then she 
she's also, you know, very successful in her career. And then she kind of started talking about how she has a passion for, um, you know, a certain type of art and, you know, how she's traveled to different parts of the world and taking these different classes to kind of, you know, refine that skill. And I just instantly was like, wait, this is such a good match for my client. It's like the perfect mix of people who have an artistic side and just their energies and their personalities were just really positive and really upbeat. And they were also, you know, shared each other's level of intellect. And she had, you know, had a hard time, you know, finding guys who could accept dating, you know, strong women and weren't intimidated by that. And he's the perfect person. And so I matched them and they've been exclusively dating. My God, I love that. Look at all these love stories, people. It's out there. We just have to do a better job of qualifying these people and not letting them do whatever they want off the bat. Yeah. Or you just hire... You everyone a chance. Just meet people. Yeah, and just hire a matchmaker from TDR. Um, in that same vein, are there other stories where opposites attracted that you might have thought, hmm, not really for my client, and then you're like, oh my God, they met and they're dating? Okay, so our company actually did a study on this. I mean, just like a little internal study. Um, on the whole, and, you know, Talia, our CEO, who's amazing, she has this analogy where, you know, there's a rock and a star. So a lot of our clients are character, are alpha females, and they typically look for alpha males. And what we found is really that doesn't work. You know, there needs to be a star, which is the alpha female, and then a rock. And the rock isn't necessarily like a beta male that doesn't have a good job. You know, people just have such stereotypes around those labels, which Mm -hmm. is why we don't like to use them. We like to use rock and star, but it's helpful for a star when they have someone who can, you know, support them and be there for them. And, you know, the alpha female doesn't always have to be, like, making the dinner reservations. You know, someone who Mm -hmm. can just be a supportive partner to them and be a good match. And what we found um, is 70% of our alpha female clients have been successfully matched with people who are not an alpha male. I love that. And I think that's so true. I feel like I heard that on a podcast. That's, like, the new line of 2018. I heard that on a podcast. Um, That... I think it was a very similar analogy. It was something like someone's always going to be the star because if you think about it, you have two people, I'm thinking alpha and like their energy and dominance and they're both Mm -hmm. outgoing and loud and social. One person eventually is going to be like, this is too much. Like Mm -hmm. I'm dating myself. Um, And I don't think that people necessarily want to date themselves. I don't know. People think they do, but they don't. It doesn't work. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Like, I do sometimes feel like they want the same exact thing. Like, well, I want someone that travels and that plays sports and that this and that. And you're like, well, in terms of, like, energies, if you guys are both putting out this alpha energy, like you said. It becomes a competition. Mm -hmm. And there's no time for each other in their relationship. You know, relationships have to be, like, give and take. And, you know, alpha females have a ton to offer, too, you know. But sometimes when paired with an alpha male – no one's able to offer what the other person actually right. needs. You're just kind of constantly butting heads and no one's feeling fulfilled in the relationship. And you can't figure out why because, you know, on paper they're such a good catch and you're such a good catch, but it's just not going to be a mm-hmm. symbiotic relationship. I love that. That makes so much sense. I want to go back to your careers in this. How did you guys start learning how to matchmake? I imagine you don't just day one start going to happy hour and going up to people and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do build up the career as being a matchmaker? Well, I mean, there is no schooling or education. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go to college and get a degree in matchmaking. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that being said, I mean, I think it takes a very um, – a patient person, a person that also has good interpersonal skills. They mm-hmm. can relate to people – Um, I think my social work background for me personally has helped a lot in knowing how to first interview someone, learn about their background, you know, what things are really important to them, uh, what their needs are, and then how to best fit that. We do go through, obviously, a training program. When we first started, three-day rule, our manager who's in New York flies out to, like, whatever city she's training the next matchmaker, and she goes through a pretty extensive training program with us. Um, we're shadowing as someone for a while, so it's not like we just hit the ground running and mm-hmm. we're off on our own. Um, so there is training that goes into it, but I would say that it honestly just takes the right kind of person to be able to sit down, get to know a complete stranger, learn about them, make them feel comfortable during the process, and then know how to best fit their needs and find them the right partner. And I think it has a lot to do with what she was saying too, reading energies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's a 
it's a talent in a sense. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's the probably number one thing that people do wrong is like misinterpret energy. My friend, she met this guy that is like the worst ghosting story like I've ever had. Not even ghosting, it was just like worst date in my life. I like can't even talk about it. And it was so weird. I brought him to brunch and all that. He was being so nice. He bought my brunch. He was hanging out with my friends. And I'm like, isn't he great? My friend said something and she's like, his energy is just so off. Like, I can't tell you what it is, but I'm, I feel off about his energy. I'm like, that's so weird. He's paying for me. He's doing all the right things. And then the way the day ended is like horrifying. Like you guys would run out of the room if you heard what happened. And she was like, she kind of did. She was like, I told you his energy was off. I'm like, how did I misread that so badly? So it really is a talent. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like... I feel like you guys have, like, the superpowers of the world. <laughs> That's what everyone needs. He has to have an interest in it, too. I mean, you know, Brittany has a background in social work. My uh, minor in college was family relationship and family studies. Um, you know, I feel like both of us have read, you know, every dating mm-hmm. book there is out there, you know, just to see whether or not we agree with it mm-hmm. um, and, like, what our perceptions are. Because I don't, I don't know if any of that have been written by matchmakers yet. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that I've come across. Um, but I like still like to read them, you know, in my spare time. So you have to really just kind of have a passion for it and, like, a passion for connecting people and just be interested in, you know, relationship psychology and what can improve relationships and, you know, love languages and all the different things that go into what makes compatible match. You know, that has to be a genuine interest of yours. Otherwise, you won't be able to put the time and just the energy that you need to do this job into the process because it is very much more than a full-time job and you know you are emotionally invested in your clients and their success and you know their successes are your successes and you know when they go on a date that doesn't work out you know you feel for them too so you Mm -hmm. have to you know we have to be able to give a lot to our clients and if that wasn't something that you were really into you wouldn't be a good matchmaker but you just wouldn't be able to kind of handle what goes into this job yeah I think empathy plays a huge role in this job. Um, As she was saying, like, we're invested in our clients' dates. Like, Mm -hmm. if they go out and they have a great date, we're also super excited for them. If they come back and they didn't have a good date, or maybe they did, but the match came back with some negative feedback and wasn't interested in seeing them again, like, that hurts us just as much as it hurts our clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it takes a lot because people can get like really excited and they can also get really disappointed if something doesn't work out and it it takes a lot of empathy to really understand where your clients are at and feel for them and while we're matchmakers I mean we're also recruiters as Mm -hmm. we said in a sense and we're therapists and we're friends um there's several different hats that you have to wear in this role and I think you have to be kind of an an eclectic person to Mm -hmm. take on all the different Mm -hmm. roles and be successful at it and be able to kind of like switch from one to the other oh yeah like we can be like out recruiting and then all of a sudden we like can get a call from one of our clients who's upset about something and then you kind of have to like all of a sudden like change your mindset Mm -hmm. to you know therapist role or you know whatever it may be at you know, sometimes like any type of day or weekend, you kind of have to always be ready to kind of adapt to that and, you know, be the best matchmaker. I didn't even think about the weekend (laughs) stuff because I imagine people are going on dates on the weekends and immediately contacting you. Um, What has been like, has someone contacted you in the middle of the night, like crying, like my day just left or something like that? Like, are there any crazy stories where you're like, what time of night is it? I can't answer right now. So... That's happened before, too, and yeah. within any role. I mean, you have to think, like, while I just said we're matchmakers, we're recruiters, we're therapists, we're friends, like, friends have to create boundaries. Mm-hmm. Therapists have to create boundaries. Um, I want to be those two things for my clients, and so I, I would love to say that, like, we're there on call 24-7. Mm-hmm. But as any professional would need to do, you have to establish boundaries Mm -hmm. and so um some matchmakers are more than willing to dedicate their weekends to answering the call whenever their clients might call some matchmakers will wake up in the middle of the night and take a call um others won't and I think that's just an important part of the process when you first start working with someone to let them know right then and they're like hi I'm Brittany I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be your matchmaker I love you, but these are the times when I'm I don't available. work on weekends, so. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like case by case too you know like a lot of our clients have our you know, cell phone numbers. So, you know, if they reach out to us, like, you know, depending on what's going on, Mm -hmm. if it is the weekend or I'm in the middle of something and it's something that's really important to them, you know, I will pick up and get back to them. But, you know, it's kind of case by case. But I'd say generally people are, you know, really respectful of our time. Yeah. And with patience, that's something that I didn't realize 
to either I'm sure you don't meet people off the bat and you're like this is it first client we interviewed ready for my match or whatever the case may be are there like typical I don't want to say cycles because that makes it sound like it's very transactional business but are you seeing like yeah it usually takes us a month to find a match or usually after three weeks we're finding someone like what is are there any like data points you have on that I mean it really can kind of be like we say on average people look at one match a month but that definitely is like a wide range of average Mm -hmm. you know like sometimes it can take two months or sometimes we can find a match like right off the bat like it really just is like in the regular dating world kind of the luck of the draw you know who's coming into our database who were Brittany and I meeting when we're out recruiting Mm -hmm. who happens to be at the same networking event that we're at so you know there's a lot of different factors in the universe that come into play but we say typically on average about a match a month but like some months you know, it can be two two months, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you get two matches in a month. So, you know, we guarantee a certain amount of matches with our program, so we want to make sure that we're finding the absolute best match for people. You know, it's not in our best interest to just match people to match them. We mm-hmm. want to match them with the people who truly are compatible matches that can right so have the like, potential oh, to go the month, difference yeah throw these five at her and see what happens yeah right. we just don't work like that because you know our company is really focused on successfully matching our clients and you know it's not about like numbers it's about really helping people find love so you know we like to take our time to do that and it can be different than you know online dating where you have you know all these options right up front but these are just so much more quality options where it actually could work out. Mm-hmm. So quality, it's worth the wait. Not quantity. <laughs> quantity over quantity, yeah. 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 Well, and since it's just she and I here in Chicago, I mean, every single person within the database, and we have thousands of members within the database, but every single person that's in there is either sitting down and meeting with she or I. So we're already learning about that person. When we meet a new client and they're telling us they're looking for in a partner and they're telling us about themselves, we can think of that guy we just met last week or the mm-hmm. guy we met two months ago. And so we already start getting an idea of who we want to match them with. But there's also certain things that are circumstantial. Um, say I match them with this great guy I met last week and I know they're going to hit it off. And then it takes two weeks for them to plan a date. And then they date for two months. And so in those situations, we can't say, like, oh, we guarantee we're going to send you a match a month. Because right. we do only send one match at a time. Got it. Um, and so it really just depends on, you know, how long do you date your matches? How long is it going to take for the two of you to work out your schedule so you're on the same mm-hmm. page and you can plan that first date? Um, so it's not always just, like, how long does it take the matchmaker to find the match? Yeah. It's more like how long does it take to meet the match and go on the date yeah. and, and get the post-date feedback. And so you say you get, you give people one match at a time. So if someone's like, you know, I want to be going on three dates a week, you highly would recommend against that? Yeah, I mean, we don't recommend that people stop using, like, just because you're working with us doesn't mean you have to, you know, get rid of your match profile or, you know, turn off all the apps. You know, we're happy to work with our clients and help them improve their match profiles if they want. You know, this is a holistic process. If they happen to meet someone at a bar you know, not through three-day rule while they're working with us, then we still want to date coach them and help them explore that relationship as well. So, you know, while we are only sending one match at a time through our company, we're open to people trying other avenues of dating and we're here to support them in that in any way we can. You know, we're not only going to converse with them about three-day rule matches. What about, this made me think of a question about your friends, because I imagine you probably meet with people that you're like, this guy would be perfect for my best friend, but I'm supposed to be setting him up with someone in the database. Do you ever find yourself in that position and has that happened before? Or are you allowed to say, well, he just wants to meet someone and my best friend is a perfect fit for him. Like, I'm going to set them up. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been times as we know what our friends' preferences are and what our friends' energies are. And there have been times where you're this amazing guy walks in and he's the perfect fit for your best friend. Um... And I would even like to think that, you know, our CEO of the company is like, if I meet two people and they're a match made in heaven, like, I need to make this happen. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, unfortunately, my friends are more of the pickier individuals (laughs) that we've been discussing. Um, So I haven't met a guy that just fits all of their particular standards just yet. Um, But definitely, I would say that that's probably happened for more than one matchmaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've set up um some of my friends once with occasionally you know people I come across in the database that are just the perfect fit but it's not something that happens 
frequently at all. Like, once, I think, that's happened. Right. But, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes, to your point, like, energy is energy. So yeah. it's like, if my best friend makes sense for this guy, why why would I hold them back from meeting each other? Um, on, on the same note, have you guys found that you use the tools that you have learned at TDR in your personal dating lives? Yeah, actually. <laughs> this is um, like a, yeah, I feel like this is a complicated question. I saw this one before, and I was like, I don't know how we answer this. <laughs> so, I mean, we have to be raw. We have to be honest. Um, definitely. I mean, I feel like there are times where I'm sitting down with someone, and they're telling me their preferences, and they're very strict, and they're very close-minded, and this is exactly what they want, and they're not willing to date outside of those preferences. And then I have to remind myself, okay, if I'm sitting in the interview chair, and someone's asking me these questions would mine be the same? Mm-hmm. And I feel like going into this, I also could have been one of those like close-minded, very particular individuals in terms of what I'm looking for in a partner. Um, so in, in that instance, it has opened my mind to being like, okay, I don't need the guy that's like 6'3 mm-hmm. and an athlete and like has right. the best job and like is Mr. Social. Like right. you don't need those things. Um, and I think, you know, meeting people and going through not only just my own personal relationship, but seeing the relationships of all of my clients, too. I'm, I'm taking things and I'm learning things from all of them as well. Um, when someone comes back and gives post-date feedback and when they're talking about what things are most important to them, I mean, I think she and I are even at times saying, like, wow, I'm really thankful that my partner has these yeah. things. <laughs> I know. Sometimes we'll be like, we'll be like, don't get mad about this. Like, it's not worth it. Like, sometimes we'll even, like, talk each other, like, off a ledge sometimes if we're fighting with our boyfriends. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes you grateful for the relationships that you do have and it mm-hmm. also makes you learn a little bit more about yourself in ways you can become a better partner too. Absolutely. And you brought up something before that's a great book that I read, Love Languages. Mm-hmm. Do you guys believe in love languages? Yes, I really do believe in love love languages. I know there's some other kind of like things out there that I don't really subscribe to as much. Um, but love languages, I think it's a big one. I think, you know, at the very least, if you don't want to read the book, at least take the online quiz. It takes like 10 minutes, but it really does, it can be applied to any relationship. And like, I'll even use it sometimes like in my own relationship and like explaining something, you know, I'll be like, you know, but like my love language is this. And you know, my boyfriend will kind of be like, okay, like not another work thing, but mm-hmm. it's so true. And I, you can see how love languages play out in every single relationship like I've never come across a situation where it isn't relevant so if there's like one thing that people take away from this it's take the love languages quiz and really think about how you can show love to someone else too not just how you receive it absolutely and for our listeners that don't know let's go through the five love languages there's physical touch quality time words of affirmation words of affirmation gifts and acts of service Mm-hmm. And so most of those are, I think, pretty self-explanatory, except maybe acts of service. That one to explain is like your boyfriend brings the garbage out for you or he helps you clean up after an event or, you know, little things around the house or picks up the banana at the grocery store that you've been dying for. Um, and then quality time and, and personal touch are a little different. Quality time is like when I'm with you, I have your undivided attention. We're sitting together. We're actually physically hanging out, right? That would mm-hmm. be the best way to describe it. Um, physical touch, obviously, like holding hands, snuggling, sitting on laps. I feel like that's pretty obvious. Words of affirmation, that's mine. I love words of affirmation. Like, when, whenever, <laughs> I yeah, love them. Um, I always <laughs> screenshot, like, when my ex write me nice texts, I would screenshot them because I was, like, love reading them over and over. And he's like, yeah. is that a screenshot of my text in your phone? I was like, <laughs> I just love when you sent me that message. And I'm like, oh. and then I read that book. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty obvious. And then what was the other one? Gifts. Gifts. Oh, yeah, gifts. And, though, and I feel like people get confused with that one because they're like, I can't be buying a gift every week. And it's like, no, it means literally like writing a cute little note or like mm-hmm. picking up her favorite muffin from the bakery, um, you know, leaving her her favorite pencil that she likes to write with for her diary, whatever yeah. it is. Um, what are your level images? Your words of affirmation? Words of affirmation. <laughs> Mine's acts of, mine is like very equal. It's split 50-50. Like I have like, it's like every single point is between the two. Um, it's acts of service and quality time. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And what I like about them is the giving and receiving because you think mm-hmm. the way you are, someone else is. And I learned that. So an example is like, I would always write one of my exes, all these cards and he like didn't seem to appreciate them but when he wrote me a card I was like I literally teared mm-hmm. off reading his card and I was like he just wrote a quote and I'm like oh, this is so beautiful and, and I, I was like why is he not reacting the same way like I'm writing all these nice words and then I started reading the love languages book I was like 
oh my god he's like not words of affirmation at all yeah and so that is so important that you said like that's a big thing to take away Mm -hmm. when finding a partner yeah and it's like you don't necessarily have to have the same love languages by any means but I think the most valuable part about the love languages is not really realizing what yours are I mean that's like helpful but I think realizing what your partners are and being able to recognize that something may not be very meaningful to you like well gifts aren't very meaningful to me you know if my Mm -hmm. boyfriend that's if that's his love language and you know he's giving me a gift that's him still showing that he cares Mm -hmm. so it's important to recognize how other people convey that as well so you can still recognize it as being cared for her but I do also think that it's important to let your partner know what your love language is as well Mm -hmm. just because you know they might think that they're showing you the affection that you need because they're showing you in the way that they would want to have it received but if yours is different you're not reading into it the same way. So, like, I have no problem telling my boyfriend, like, my love language is words of affirmation, <laughs> and you better tell me I'm pretty every mm-hmm. damn day. Yours is 100% <laughs> words of affirmation. <laughs> when I put on that dress that night, you better tell yeah. me I look good. <laughs> yeah, like, where's that compliment? I don't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same exact way. And and to your point, if you don't learn it, it's almost, it's, to me, it's almost detrimental. Like, I was in a long-distance relationship, and I didn't realize until way later that he was quality time, even if that meant, like, a quick 10-minute FaceTime or a phone call when he was at work, his mood would transform, and I was like, we just talked for 10 minutes while I was walking down the street, and he's like, it really made my day, and I was like, oh, and then once I read that book, it's like, the stars align, and you're like, he's mm-hmm. quality time, I'm words of affirmation, now I get it, so as corny as it sounds, I feel like, especially to male listeners, I'm yeah. telling you guys, it can improve your lives by, like, 100%. Because, read the book. Yes, yeah. read the book. Or at least just take the quiz. It takes, like, literally five minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it will give you a little summary. So you don't Less of a time commitment, but an important one, for sure. Definitely. So is that something that you would say to wrap this up for my listeners that they could do in their personal lives to improve their dating lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, hi- I highly re- recommend it for everyone. Yeah, I recommend that. And then if you are like online dating or like on apps, I would try and kind of adopt the principles of picking up like three must-haves, 10 nice-to-haves, and three deal-breakers. And when you're going through apps or online dating or whatever it is you're doing or even just meeting people in real life, try and like be open to people who have the three must-haves and don't have the three deal-breakers. But just consider the nice-to-haves is nice-to-haves and you will be open to just swiping more people and meeting more people, and that's going to give you the biggest chance of success. And let's, like, focus on must-have is not physical, like, has to have dirty blonde hair, six-pack yeah. abs, yeah. and six-foot-tall. So to uh, that point, no physical things be must-haves, but, <laughs> I mean, what's important to you is important to you. But Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, as she discussed earlier, we don't tell people to get off of the dating apps, Mm -hmm. even though they're Mm -hmm. working with us. Like, we encourage you to still meet people on your own. Um, And sometimes our clients will send over screenshots of girls or guys they're finding on dating apps that aren't swiping right to them and they're not matching with. And she and I have been successful in sending them our clients' photos and a bio write-up that we've written on them, telling them a little bit more about this person that you're not just getting from what you see on a Tinder profile or a Hinge profile. Like, you're learning more about this person and getting their photos, and people will then say yes just Mm -hmm. because they're getting to know this person a little bit more rather than just saying, like, okay, am I going to swipe left or am I going to swipe right? Right. Um, And so I think it's encouraged people to be more open and just looking at a photo, like, maybe go out with, the blonde if the brunette mm-hmm. is your type or vice versa and sometimes on the flip side too you know I feel like a lot of app-based dating you know is based on photos you know and you know if we're getting you know a bunch of photos from certain clients saying you know this is really their type you know there are things that are really are must-haves and then once we meet with someone we realize that maybe while this person was picked based off their photo they didn't have two of the must-haves and mm-hmm. so it kind of makes you realize there's so much more to people than, you know, just a photo. And just because someone looks amazing in a picture, there just might be things about them that aren't going to make them a match for you. I feel like at this point in 2018, we have to be smarter to know that looks aren't everything. And if you're still going after just looks, you have to change your game. That's not going to work for you because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many stories that we probably all have of the hottest guy is usually not the best match. You have to look at how they make you feel, how they act around you, they have your same values. Um, and it feels like that's what you guys really preach at TDR. So what's next for the company or, or for you guys? Is there anything coming up on the horizon? 
outside of maybe happy hours that you're going to this week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we're super excited for the summer in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, people are out and about, and, you know, tons of people are signing up for the service. And so we're excited to kind of expand our networking horizons to the summer here. But you want to talk Definitely. about the company on the whole? Yeah. So, I mean, summer in Chicago, who wouldn't be excited about that? But uh, we are in nine different cities currently, and we are launching our 10th city this up next coming month in that's Seattle. Awesome. So that's something really excited for TDR. We're, we're always excited to be branching out and opening up into new cities, adding more matchmakers. Um, so definitely looking forward to that in April. I love that. So if you're in Chicago, you can find Brittany and Michaela here. And where can they actually find you? Is it online? Is there an email? How should they get in touch with you if they actually want to join 3-Day Rule? Yeah, I'm www.3dayrule.com. Um, and on there you can sign up. The sign up is for free. You'll be linked with a matchmaker. We'll reach out to you via email, schedule a meeting with you, very casual meeting, like I said, learning about your preferences and what you're looking for in a partner. And from there, we can see if we have anyone working with that's a good fit. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. I hope you guys learned how to not only potentially improve your dating life, but maybe use a matchmaking service to help that propel forward. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us.